I was, I was sitting there trying my best to sing it with them, and I just couldn't hit those notes. Cole, can you sing? Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, really well. Do it. Uh, maybe your, later. Maybe your, later. Just, give us something in G. Just, just play the. Just that's an easy key. Just get. Here we go. Sing for us, Cole. This is I take completely it back. unplanned. We I take it back. I can't sing. Do what? I take it back. I can't sing. You are a liar. I know. Sorry. Thanks, Jared. We tried, man. Y'all give it up for Jared. He does a great job. Can you dance? Well, I don't want to say yes anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a yes or no question, Cole. Can you dance? Do I have to prove it if I say yes? Cole, the qu- no, can't, I cannot. I, okay. can, I can't sing, and I think maybe I dance worse than I sing. Oh, like God. at weddings, dude, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. stressed going to Haven't weddings because I know my wife wants me to go out there and dance with her, and it, I don't know, it stresses me out, dude. Okay, I'm like, how am I going to get out of how this? How many saw Hitch? How many saw Hitch? It's... <laughs> that... That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. This is, this is for all the white That's people. That's true. Why, we can't clap on time, and we can't, yeah, I mean, there's none of this right here, none of that's necessary. I'm just saying, that's all you got to do. That's, how, that's all you got to do, and you look like you know dance. what you're doing. I'm fixed. Uh, let's pray and go home. <laughs> so, uh, Cole and I have a few things in common. Uh, we're both in ministry. Um, we have both been fired from a church, and we've both been to rehab. No one clapped. Nope. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. You've never heard that. You've never heard that in church before. You have, you've been like, I'm just telling y'all, we are not perfect people. Now we're, we're trying our best to fight the good fight, but we're, we're not perfect. Um, I don't have a perfect life. Cole doesn't have a perfect life. Um, our, our wives are perfect, but, but that's about it. That's about, yes, that was a very slow. Yes. I'm glad she sat in the last service because man, Woo! You were sleeping on the couch tonight, buddy. All right, so, Cole. Stop getting me in trouble, I'm man. I'm not getting you in trouble. You're getting yourself in trouble. Walk us, so, where you been for 90 days, bro? Yeah, I, I've been in treatment in a small town called Burns, Tennessee. Um, Hold on, keep going. Okay. She had to bring me the clicker. Thank oh, you. Thank you. We need Grace. the clicker. Yeah, so I guess to, just backing up a little bit, I know to some of you, maybe it's your first time or, you, you know, I, I, I talk to, to students a lot, so I don't, talk, I don't get to talk to you guys all the time. So some of my story, I, uh, when I was 17 years old, two uh, really significant things happened in my life. Um, I started following Jesus, really following Jesus, which was awesome. Um, but also, on my 17th birthday, I, I drank alcohol for the first time. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you've dealt with alcoholism or addiction or whatever, you'll, I think you'll, you'll kind of understand this. I remember they handed me this. Uh, my friends in college at the time, they handed me this cup. And I don't even know what, I don't even know what the drink was. It was some fruity mixed That's drink. That's always a problem. I know, I know. And I'm like, cup and just says, drink it. And I'm like, sure. You know? Nope. Bad. Um, but I remember them saying, like, do you feel it yet? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if in that moment I felt drunk, but for me, it was the first time in my life at that point that I'd ever felt normal. Um, it was the, yeah, it was the first time that I felt peace from some of these things going on. Like, my mind just felt like a, a freaking battlefield, um, all the time, and I just remember, like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel what you're talking about, but what I feel is like, maybe this is how I'm supposed to always feel. This is how I was supposed to been supposed to have been born, and so for the next 13 years of my life, um, it was like this wrestling match in my life between alcohol and Jesus, and who's going to have control of my life. This back and forth thing until you know, obviously, recently I ended up in three months of. Treatment. And Cole says something that was very interesting. We didn't talk about this the last service, but he started following Jesus and drinking at 17. And this is, the, this is the myth that if you follow Jesus, 
I mean, you know, if you follow Jesus, everything's always good. You ride unicorns to church. You, you know, you have rainbows and all this stuff. But then nobody tells you, 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 you accept Christ, and that's awesome, and you're made brand new. But we still got to live this thing called life. And we're still going to have things called struggles. And we're still going to have problems. We're still going to have issues. Being a Christian doesn't mean we're perfect. Being a Christian means we're forgiven. And that we have the power to overcome anything this world throws at us. So with all that in mind, Cole and I actually sat down, and I've never done this before. We, like, worked on a message together. Like, we, we kind of, oh, what about this? What about this? And we're kind of geeking out. We won't tell you about all that stuff. But we did come up with an outline because we knew we got some type A people here who love to take notes. Don't click your pens when you get nervous because of nervous energy because somebody might turn around and lay hands on you. All right, here we go. Point number one, and this is for anybody that's wrestling with any sort of, of addiction. When I say addiction, it could be alcohol, could be drugs, could be porn. Oh, got quiet there. Oh, whew. okay. We'll just we'll just keep going. Here we go. Number one, ask for help. The first thing, it this is this is if you want to get healed, if you want to be healed, if you want to walk in wholeness, if you walk want to walk with an abundant life like Jesus promised in John ten ten. We've got to ask for help. Now, when we were putting this message together, Cole made a statement that caused me to go just stink face. I was like, oh, God. So I'm, I'm not going to rip that off from him. Cole, you talk about what you learned in the process of asking for help. Yeah, I, so again, a little bit of backstory. You know, I, we moved here about four years ago down to Anderson after I had been let go from another church for drinking too much. Um, and you know, once we got here, <laughs> COVID happened a couple weeks later, which was really cool. Um, but you know, I, I was always, you know, I was always 99% honest with you. I would say there was never a time where I, I would, I would say I ever like straight up lied to you about everything, about anything. Um, but once, you know, once we got here, I was doing well. I had, you know, strung together a little bit of sobriety or whatever, and. Again, if you are in the room and you've dealt with addiction, you probably will relate with this. For me, uh, the first step back in, I guess, towards relapse uh, for me was, you know, it was this little voice in the back of my mind that said, you know, maybe you overreacted. Maybe you could, maybe this time you could handle it. You know, maybe it's just that little voice. And so what happens is, you know, we start to trust that voice. And for me, it led to, you know, well, I can have one drink, and that eventually becomes too many drinks way too often. Um, and for me, I just got to the point where I was, I, honestly, man, I was just tired of being 99% honest with you because for me, I've learned that 99% honesty won't get you to freedom. It's, it's the 100% honesty, yeah, go ahead, yeah. It's the 100% honest, vulnerable, raw conversation that we had to end up having that has eventually led to me getting help because for me I, I tried everything I tried I tried some honesty I tried some accountability I tried having a baby which by the way doesn't help you <laughs> just in case let's some just, of you were holding Cole, out hope with, with all that's going on in the world today let's just be very clear you actually didn't have the baby your wife had the baby that's true okay because we're I, I mean, we love and accept all people, but like boys are boys and girls are girls, okay? So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that Addie had the baby. Addie had it, and God bless Praise her. I don't, after seeing that, I don't ever want to try it. But <laughs> that didn't help. Accountability didn't, you know, I, I tried all these things on my own power, and the reality is, is like when it comes to things like addiction, it takes a lot of power to overcome something like that, and I just didn't have the power that it took. And so for me, I had to ask for help. Well, I want, to, I want to emphasize this. Cole, when, when he said 99%, this is 99% honesty. I'm struggling with some things. 100% honesty, I'm drinking too much. See the difference? 99% honesty, I'm having some issues in my life. 100% honesty, I can't quit doing drugs. See the difference? Jesus didn't die for people that make, Jesus didn't die for mistakers. He died for sinners. That's the first step in asking him into our life is understanding that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the important thing here is that Cole, Cole asked for help. 
His wife didn't ask for help for him. His mom or dad didn't call me and ask for help. And this is why I want to point this out. I have so many people who know my story and they say, will you call my brother? Will you call my sister? Will you call my husband? Will you call my wife? And talk to them about addiction. And 99% of the time, the answer is no. I'm not going to call them because they don't want me to call them. You want them to get better, so you want me to call them. I say it all the time when I'm telling the story about the prodigal son, the prodigal son that wandered away from home. The Bible, Jesus, this is what Jesus said about the prodigal son. And it's a story, but it's, it's, it, Jesus told the story to prove a point. He said, when he finally came to his senses. In other words, it's got to be your decision to get sober. It's got to be your decision to get um, off of porn or off of drugs. It's got to be your decision to get free of that addiction. It can't, and don't, oh my gosh. I'll get some heat for this, but I don't care. Bring it. What? Bring. I hate it when people say, well, do it for your children. No. Do it for your children. You know why? Because if and when you relapse and you told your children, I'm going to do this for you, they, they feel like a failure now. You just said, so congratulations. Go ahead and sign them up for therapy because they're going to need it. Do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Do it for you. That's who you do it for. Do it for your wife or your kids or whatever because you, you, if you do it for your wife or your husband, you'll, when you get mad, you'll drink, you'll relapse, and you can blame it on them. It, and, and you will never get past, ever get past your, your addiction issue as long as you can blame somebody else except for yourself. Woo! I, mm, Woo! I, yeah, can I, I just add something to that real quick? You sure can. It's uh, yeah, and I, I have seen firsthand. I, I have to be the one that ultimately uh, makes the decision and makes the step. But for me, it has been really helpful having people that do love me, that are willing to be honest with me along the way as as well. For me, what happened was it was a Wednesday morning. We had church that night, and I had just sat down with you know Sheena, who works. She's on our staff here as well, and. I was just, you know, and I just didn't even mean to. I was talking. I'm like, Sheena, I can't figure this out. I, I keep screwing up, and I don't feel like I've tried ever. And she just was like, you need to talk to Perry. <laughs> you need to go talk to him again and again and again, and you just need to be 100% honest because you need to go get help. This isn't like a, hey, I need accountability. This is you need to be sent away. And I just had to, I needed people like that in my corner, like Perry, like Pastor P in my corner, that were willing to say, hey, man, it's not okay where you're at, but we're going to walk with you through the rest of it. Like, I don't know. And, and dude, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Like, hey. I, and I didn't have to necessarily get to the stereotypical rock bottom. Right. I just did, Cole, I just, our church just did for you what I wish somebody would have done for me. And that's... That's not a dig. That's not a dig. That's me being honest. That's me being honest. I want this to be a church where we don't just say it's okay to not be okay. Like we live it out. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way is, is I think, the way we say it. And, and I think two of the main reasons, and Cole, you can speak to this, that people don't really come forward and admit they're, they're dealing with some sort of addiction or sin issue. Number one, or letter A, is, is fear. Um, talk about the fear involved in that, Cole. Yeah, I, I just, I have a deep fear of rejection and failure. Um, and so along with this, obviously that, those two, those things run very closely. Um, you know, I, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail you guys. I don't want to fail you. I don't want to fail my family. Um, and I feel like I'm failing, which causes me to, not come forward. I also don't want to be rejected, which I have in a way experienced in the past from this very same issue. And so, yeah, fear, oftentimes what it does is it, it, it causes us to, to not do the thing that God wants us to do. Sometimes it feels like fear is the loudest voice in my head. Mm. And that's tough to deal with. It's tough to deal with what's wisdom and what's fear right now. And I don't know, learning, learning how to differentiate between those two things and ignoring the fear. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yes. 
That's, that's somewhere in the Bible. Is it 2 Timothy 1, 7? Is it 2 Timothy 1, 7? That sounds right. It, no, wait. It's, it's in the New Testament. That's all I know. I, I, um, I want to be very clear, um, and I told Cole, this is not your job. I said, this is my job. Cole has always been very honest with me about what he's wrestling with and, and about the, the alcohol issue. Um, Cole was not, there, is, there were no DUIs involved. Um, Cole was not a slobbering, nasty, laid out on the couch drunk. There's no domestic abuse unless Addie beat the crap out of him and we just don't know about it, which could have happened. Um, there was no, in fact, if you're going to compare what he was drinking versus what I was drinking during my time, it, it, like I drank him under the table. I mean, it's, it, he, was, he would go for three or four days and then he would kind of fall off the wagon for three or four. And he's been honest with me the entire time he's been here. So none of this has been hidden. The reason, because some people are like, well, how in the world could you let him do that? Because he was fighting. He was pressing on. He was trying to get better. He wasn't telling me, this is just who I am. He want, and I've got three rules on staff. Every staff member knows my three rules. I tell people, as soon as you get hired, I got three rules. Don't lie to me. If I catch you in a lie, you're fired, period. Don't gossip about me. If I catch you gossiping about me and I trace it back to you, you're fired. And don't steal from me. If you steal from me, you're fired. Now, when, when I say those three things, I've had people say, well, isn't that kind of self-serving? No. It's a leadership thing. Here's why. If you lie to me, you'll lie to the people you lead. If you steal from me, you'll steal from the people you lead. If you gossip about me, you'll gossip about the people you lead. During this whole process, Cole never lied to me. He was, like he said, he was 99% honest with me. But when we sat down and we talked about the issue and Cole said the words, I need help, he was, within 24 hours, he was on a plane and at a treatment center that we had located in Tennessee. That's because that's what you do. When somebody says, I need help, they don't need a lecture, they need love, and they need to be, listen, we need to get them to a place where they can really help them take their next step. Dude, thank you. It's hard for me to know how to say thank you to him and to all of you. Um, I, wanted, I just want to say thank you through the way that I, I live and hopefully serve um, from here on out. But yeah. thank you, guys. I, I mean, love you. I mean, you've, com you've com completely screwed up communion now because we're going to do all grape juice. We can't do wine. But, like, I mean. Were we doing fine. wine before? Do what? <laughs> were we doing wine before? Yes. Oh. Y'all didn't know that, did you? I'm just kidding. All right. Um. The second thing, the second reason that people don't uh, ask for help is, is because of, of pride. And pride is the sin that you can't see in the mirror. It's, we, cannot, we can spot it in other people, but it's, hard, it's difficult for us to see. Talk about that for a second, Cole. I think for me, the pride that I, I had to learn a lot about was that I, I felt like I was supposed to figure out how to be able to navigate this. I felt like I was supposed to be able to have the answer. It wasn't necessarily like, well, it didn't feel like this a lot, like, oh, I can do this. It was more like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. And the problem is, and the prideful thing about that way of thinking is that it's still all about me. And I, I, I'm going to get into this in a second, but I just, man, I had to let go of a lot of that, like, it's not on me. It's when I can let go of it, when I can let go of it having to be me that fixes the problem, God can actually step in and start to work. Does that make sense? Like, I have to actually get smaller, not more skilled, more, more smart, more, like, self-knowledge wasn't the, wasn't the issue. It was a, it was a pride thing. I, I had to let God be the one to do the work. And let me say this. When it comes to the issue of addiction to alcohol, like, so, first of all, let me address this. It's not a sin to drink. Now, that's an open-handed issue for me. If you have a beer, glass of wine, it's not a sin to drink. It is a sin to get drunk. The Bible is very clear. Now, I won't fight about that. Now, if you're a teenager, you got to be 21. That's the, that's the rules. That's the law, okay? We follow the law. We follow, I don't like the law. Well, you know what? I don't like the speed limit, but if I break it, they pull me over. Trust me. I've got, anyway. Um, but for years, I didn't drink. 
And so anytime somebody struggled with drinking, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm better than them because I don't struggle with drinking. Well, I was having a conversation with somebody who, will, who is not in this church and will remain nameless, but they were, uh, we, it got heated. It got heated. And um, I, like my filter is gone, especially in conversations like this. And this, <laughs> wow, can't believe I'm telling this story. This person looked at me and they said, well, I would just like you to know that my lips have never touched alcohol. And I looked back at them and I said, well, I would just like to know, I, it's obvious also to me that your feet have never touched a treadmill. <laughs> oh, it got real. <laughs> Type two diabetes, obesity kills more Americans than alcohol every single year. But for some reason, especially in the South, it's okay to dig your grave with a spoon. I'm just saying, watch what you criticize. Once again, pride is that thing that you can't see in the mirror. Instead of looking at somebody going, I don't struggle with that, we should look at people who wrestle with any issue and say, by God's grace, that's not me. By God's grace. That was beautiful. Well, we're not friends anymore. Me and that person, we're not friends anymore. You're probably watching today because I know on the DL that you kind of stalk me. How you doing? <laughs> if you'll text me, I'll send you some running shoes. All right, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. That was too far. Number two, ask Jesus to help you change your mind. Ask Jesus to help you. Oh, man. Ask Jesus to help you change your mind. Now, uh, I love this story, but part of the story, because when you got there, you, I'm not going to, you said that the, the, the guide, Cole, Cole called him a guide. It's a guy. I've kind of filled this right here. You said the guide told you, yeah. my, finish that story. My counselor, which they wanted to be called guides, they thought that sounded more, I don't know, gentle. It didn't. Um, but, you know, I, I go into treatment, and, you know, I've never been, I've never been before, um, and so I don't know what to expect. So first off, I took my phone, my computer, I think I took my iPad, like, a cam like I took all this stuff, and they took it all from me instantly. They're like, why did you bring this? I, I don't, I've never been here, man. I don't know. Um, but then, I, you know, I sat down and had kind of my first conversation with, with my, my guide, and, you know, I, I had come in with all these, I guess, preconceived notions and uh, like my plan sort of thing. This is how I think this is going to work is I'm going to show up. You're going to give me all this secret sauce when it comes to addiction that I don't yet know. And then I'm going to stay 30 days and then I'm going to get out of here because, you know, I've got a beautiful family, I've got a great wife. I've got a job, people counting on me. Like I got, I got to get out of here, man. I'm going to do my 30 and leave. And uh, he looks at me and, and he goes, man, that's a great plan. <laughs> That's a good plan, man. You're smart. Uh, but your, Cole, your ways and your plans got you here. They got you here. And what I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say it. He said it, but I, and what I had to quickly learn is there's so many things that, that go on in my head that, that I needed Jesus to help me start changing. My, my sponsor, he calls it your, your thinker, your feeler, and your chooser. So my thoughts, uh, my feelings, and my will. Those three things were just were very, very broken. And so I had to learn, f before I could start uh, getting better, sober, uh, to allow God to come in and, and fix some of those things. I had to let him do it. Because my way, I, th I was addicted to my way, apparently. Well, tell, <laughs> tell, so here, here's what's interesting. So as soon as Cole leaves, I sit down and write him a letter. Because um, we couldn't call him. And I've, I've either... To, to my friends that have gone through some sort of recovery, every one of them say the same thing. doesn't matter what they're in recovery for. And I try to call them or, or email them or send them a letter, and this is what I always say. 48 to 72 hours in, you're going to look around and think, what the hell have I done? I am leaving this place. I don't need this. I've gone too far. Every person Everyone does it. that has ever been in any sort of treatment has had that thought. So, I mean, you had that and then... For sure, man. It's, just, it's a very humbling process to, oh. to have to come to grips with the fact that my way isn't enough. 
I, either God steps in and does a miracle or I'm doomed because <laughs> just live, living my way has got me nowhere, well, but rehab. And I don't know. He, just, he had to come and do a lot of healing in my, my thinker, my feeler, and my chooser. Because the, the greatest form of deception is self-deception. And let me tell you where I got. So this is where I got. And this is, man, I didn't say this in the last service, but somebody needs to hear this. Um, this is what I told myself. I need to drink in order to help me sleep. Got to have it in order to help me sleep. Now, this was reality. I drank until I passed out. But the quality of your sleep is awful. But that was my lie to me. And this is what, this is the verse that, that Cole and I kept coming back to over and over again. Let me touch this clicker again and see if it's working. There we go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Watch this. Transform you into a new, new person by changing the way you think, not the way you behave, because our thoughts lead to behavior. Let God transform you by changing the way you think. Now, I've had so many people ask me, Pastor P, how do I know God's will for my life? And this verse has the answer. As we let God change the way we think, watch the promise. Watch the promise in this verse. This is so powerful. Watch the promise. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, there's not, a God, another, there's not another plan that's better for your life. And this is what I know. This is what I know. I want you to listen to me as somebody that has been there. God's plan for our lives is, for us to, is not for us to be dependent on a substance like drugs or alcohol or porn just to, quote, get us through the day. If you're there, I'm not judging you. I have been there. I understand it. But letting God change the way you think is key to your, to your healing. Anything you want to add to that, Cole? Yeah, I, I just think, especially in the church, we do such a bad job of letting our actions inform our thoughts which in turn informs our spirit. And I think we just have it backwards. I think as, as Christians that follow Jesus, our spirit has been made new and been made whole, which should inform our thoughts and our, and our minds, which should inform our, our actions. Because the reality was, and they told me when I got there, is I have a spirit that centers in my mind and manifests in my actions. It's, I got there thinking I was going to just deal with like the habit of drinking, and then I won't drink, and they're like, well, if, it's, if your problem's just drinking, then stop. Well, I can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mind had to be made new, and my spirit had to really be surrendered to God before the actions were cleaned up. I just had a guy out there come and talk to me. He's like, how do you deal with the temptation now? And I'm like, to be honest, so far, God willing, I haven't even really been that tempted because I've dealt with the problem at the root rather than just the symptom. Right. And I, I think if we can let God change our, our minds, he can change our lives. He can change our actions. And it's so tough. So we can't, when I came by to Anderson, um, after going, so going to rehab and coming by to Anderson was like pretty humbling. Like walking around, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Um, and then the, for me, it was the rumors. Perry's drinking again. Perry's drinking again. Perry's drinking again. Pears drinking, Pears getting drunk, Pears getting drinking, Pears getting drunk. And, it was, and I was like, but I'm not. And so I almost was like, you know what? If that's how people are going to, what they're going to say about me, I might as well go do it. And then it hit me one day. Other people don't get to define me. And that's, listen, that's not just true for me. That's true for you. Don't let other people define you. Rumors and things like that. Don't let, if, if we let other, anybody other than Jesus define us, we will always, always, always walk the way of temptation. Temptation will always lead us away. Don't let other people define you. All right. Last one. This is the, this is the controversial one. This is the one that's going to make everybody in the room a little bit uncomfortable. 
Y'all ready for it? Oh, that was weak sauce. Y'all ready for it? All right, let's do it. Here we go. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Almost had the band do work it by Justin Timberlake, but then I figured probably, probably not, probably next week. Um, have you heard the ACDC Justin Timberlake mix of work it? It's really good. No. Do you know who ACDC is? Yes. Okay, I just, I didn't know. You didn't know who Princess Diana was when we were talking about her one day, so he really didn't know who Princess Diana was. We said something about Princess Diana. He was like, oh, is that somebody important? I was relentlessly made fun of. Well, still to this day. To, to right now. But, but to be fair, Cole, what year were you born? 1993, okay. the year of our Lord. <laughs> he, didn't even, he didn't know about Princess. It's, anyway, do the work, Cole. Why, why, did we put this, why did we put this point in here? It's important. Um, so uh, kind of continuing my story, I guess, you know, I get done with that conversation with my, with my guide about whose plan is going to work. I kind of eventually get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, I'm going to listen to the people that have what I want and I'm going to do what they say. And the action steps that followed were uh, interesting. They said, we want you to make your bed in the morning. We want you to pray and show up to the things we have on the schedule. And I'm like, y'all, <laughs> I got a big issue here. Like, and I, I've, been, I've been making my bed and praying for a long time, and it obviously hadn't worked. This is where I'm at. Um, and it just was interesting because this, what happens in sobriety is that the suggestions, the, the, the plan of action isn't necessarily a difficult one. And oftentimes it seems a little bit insignificant. I thought I was going to be doing this crazy stuff leading to these amazing discoveries. And in reality, they're doing things like, hey, Cole, they're saying things like, Cole, when you're in your head, when you're future tripping, when you're being negative and, and just stuck here, go sweep rocks back into the rock beds. And I'm like, what the frick are we talking about? Like... <laughs> this is supposed to get me sober? Like what? And, uh, you know, I would do it. And what I found was that like a little bit of willingness with a little bit of humility plus some action, for me, equaled to this day still s sober. And the reality is, is that I don't think God's looking for some, necessarily some like huge, like, crazy awesome action i think he's just looking for for some things that we're going to be willing to do daily and humbly so that he can come in and do something really amazing yeah it it just it so they would tell me things like cole when you go home you're going to get a sponsor you're going to go to meetings and you're going to do these steps and i'm i'm like that you know i'm a i'm a church guy that's what I've been, I guess, my whole life so far. I believe in the church, but I'll be willing to maybe try these steps. And I don't know, so far, it, that's what's working for me. And that's not what maybe works for every single person in the room here today struggling. But for me, I just had to be willing and humble and, and, and do some action steps. And for me, so far, it's worked. God has worked through that. This flies in the face of, in church world, this is what we get told. Jesus is going to do it all. I'm just going to do it. Jesus, you just do it all. You just do it all, Jesus. Now, let me pause. I believe in miracles. I really do believe in miracles. But I believe miracles look different. And a miracle for Cole is him taking his next step and God revealing that to him. A miracle for me is him showing me my next step. Because, listen, I had a choice. I could, I could have gotten, I had a choice when, I could, got, I, I could have gotten bitter or I could have gotten better. It was 100% up to me. And I had to be willing not just to pray, but to, to actually do the work, go to the meetings. Listen, it's, if you say all I need is Jesus, I've never ever in my life met someone who is truly in recovery that did it by themselves. You gotta have the help of Jesus and others, period. So the story, the story we wound up with, uh, we, we both kind of wound up here is John chapter five. Um, I love this, John chapter five. Uh, so Jesus goes by the pool of Siloam and the Bible says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. How, 38 years. How long? 
38 years. Let's say it one more time. How long? Yeah, that's, that's, probably going to come, that's probably going to be important. We might come back to that. Um, watch this. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Now, let's be honest for a minute. If you're a casual observer and you see Jesus walk up to a guy that's been lame and, la- and can't move and is laying by a pool, for 38 years, and you see Jesus ask him, would you like to get well? On the surface, is that a head scratcher? I mean, I know you're the son of God and everything, but man, that's, that's not the smartest question I've ever heard. But it makes sense now. If you're here and you're wrestling with addiction or anxiety or any of these things, Here's the question I think the Lord has for you today. Do you want to get well? Because that's where it starts. Do you want to get well? Or are you dropping some lame excuse? This is just the way I am. This is what I hate. And this is, once again, this is an overhand issue. I won't fight about it. I'm just under a generational curse. No, you're not. You're not under Jesus broke generation. Well, in the Old Testament, it, exactly. Jesus, but now you might have been influenced by your father or your grandfather or your mother or your grandmother, but they're not the reason you drink. And stop blaming it on a bad childhood because every freaking body had a bad childhood. That's, you could, listen, victims never walk in victory, period. Victims never walk in victory. I've had people, well, my dad left me. Well, that could have been a blessing because if he had stuck around, you might not be here. Like, give, like, if one person on the planet has gone through your circumstances and overcame, you have no excuse. So the, the real question is not what's going on in your life. The real question is, do you want, I mean, really want to get well? Or do you just want to keep on blank? Because as long, listen, Blame, blame, blame. To blame is to be lame. Be lame. You're lame when you blame. Just like the guy laying by the pool, who I think his name was Matt. But that's a different story for a different time, all right? Colt, I'm so, go. I love it. I can't sit down. I got to, I got to sit down. (laughs) would you like to read the next slide for us okay (sighs) do we need to medicate you man i'm good i don't have a problem why are you talking to me why does it gotta be about me let's talk about your medication cole do we need to medicate you see that's what people do when they anyway i can't sir because we always tell jesus what we can't do i can't sir the sick man said for i have no one to put me into the pool When the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Now, I've never seen what Cole's about to share with you. But Cole, share what what you share with me. Because when you said this, I was like, oh, my gosh. That is absolute. I've never seen that in the text. But y'all check this out. Yeah, it's interesting. Jesus asked the guy who's, again, been sitting there for 38 years, which, by the way, is a really long time. um, Do you want to get well? And the guy's immediate response is okay. I have a pl- I have a plan. This is my plan. Someone else is going to get when the water bubbles. Someone else is going to get me down there. But by the way, it's everyone else's fault because no one's gotten me there. So he immediately tells Jesus his plan. And by the way, it's everyone else's fault. And I think before healing has to happen, we like I said, we one have to let go of our way of it uh, it coming about, and also we got to let go of, of the blame because it's. It's pretty easy to start blaming other people for my, my problems when at the end of the day, they're my issues. <laughs> they're my issues. I had to realize I'm not the center of the universe and not everyone's trying to hurt me. <laughs> so good. I, it's harsh. So good. I had to learn that. I'm not, I'm not as all great as I tend to like to think I am. <laughs> not everyone's tr- out to hurt me. Those things that happened in my past probably weren't people waking up in the middle of the day in the morning and saying i'm gonna i'm gonna get them today cole's 
I'm, I'm after him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, we got to get past our plan and our excuses, our blame. It's that thing where when we tell Jesus our plans rather than, like, I heard somebody much wiser say this one time, and it just stuck with me. Dear God, my life and my plans are in your hands. That prayer, my life and my plans are in your hands. And what his hands can do with our lives are so much greater than what our hands can do with our lives. Because watch this, watch this. This is so interesting. Watch this. I gotta stand up for this. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Now pause for just a second. Notice the exclamation point. Does everybody see that? So Jesus is yelling at the lame guy, get up and walk. If you're just a bystander in the crowd, do you think maybe Jesus has had a little bit too much water that he turned into wine, right? It, it, maybe Jesus kind of read, like, you, Jesus, Jesus, come here, come here. You're yelling at the lame guy to get up and walk. Not going to happen. But Jesus, understand the, the power of God's word, the power of God's word is so much greater than any other power in our life because look, look what happened. Instantly, instantly, the man was healed. Instantly, the man was healed. Notice this though. Notice what happens next. This is so key. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. He was healed. Jesus healed him. How did Jesus heal him? He spoke the word. But the man actually had to get, had to trust God's word and get, Jesus didn't pick him up. Jesus didn't take him by the hand and help him up. Jesus spoke a word of healing over him. The man took Jesus at his word and did what Jesus told him to do. That's do the work, do the work. Now, the thing that got me and this didn't hit me till yesterday when I was thinking about this, is the number 38, because this guy was 38 years old. Remember we said that, 38 years old? Why, why 38? Out of all the people, because there was a bunch of people at this pool, why the 38-year-old guy? And then I found this verse in the book of Deuteronomy that says this. Moses is talking to the people. He said, then the Lord said to us, get moving. Huh. Kind of sounds like get up, doesn't it? Get up, get moving. Watch this. Cross the Zared Brook. So we crossed the brook. 38 years had passed from the time we first left Kadesh Barnea until we finally crossed the Zared Brook. 38 years. 38 years. They had wandered in the wilderness, and God said, You've wandered in the wilderness too long. Now it's time for you to step into the promised land. I started thinking 38, 38. God, why 38? Well, three is the number of completion and eight is the number of new beginnings. Three is the number of completion and eight is the number of new beginnings. What God wants to do in our lives is he's showing us in this text. He's showing us in the Old Testament, the New Testament. I wanna complete your life and give you a brand new beginning. And if you're walking in addiction, you can walk in freedom by the power of his word and by doing what he speaks into us to do. We have that ability because at the end of the day, the Bible says, but you belong to God. And if you're a Christian, this is true for every single one of us. We belong to God. We don't belong to an addiction. We don't belong to a habit. We belong to God. And why is that important? Here's why. You already have won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. The spirit that lives in us brought Jesus back from the dead. And if that spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead lives in us, then we can overcome any addiction, any depression, any anxiety that the world throws our way. We have the ability to overcome. We've just gotta be willing to ask for help. That's what tomorrow night is going to be for some people. You're going to walk in here 
that six o'clock Bible study and you're gonna finally admit that you need help. It's asking Jesus to change the way we think and then his willingness to do the work. There's nobody in this room. Let me say it this way. I'm sure Cole would agree with me. I don't wanna speak for you, Cole, but I'm, you're looking, because we talked about this when we were meeting, you're looking at two of the weakest guys on the planet. The only reason, the only reason either one of us has been able to overcome anything is because we've actually done what we just taught on and we know it works. And if it works for us, it'll work for anybody in this room. So let's, let's pray. Father, I, wanna, I just wanna thank you for today. God, I wanna thank you so much, God, that you have given us the promise that we can walk in victory. God, right now I wanna pray just over this room and our friends watching online, God, anybody wrestling with addiction of any type, Jesus, that we would right now in this moment understand that no matter how bad it is, God, your, your grace covers all sin. And that Jesus, we would literally begin to just speak your name every time we struggle or every time we fall back into it because Jesus, we know that your name has power. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are the Lamb of God. You are the Savior of the world. And you are the one who equips us and enabled us to do far more than we could ever ask for or imagine. So Jesus, may we just sing and reflect and shout your name and let you be who you are. Jesus, I pray that today that in our hearts, Lord, that you would just burn like a fire. And with heads bowed and eyes closed right now, this is what I want you to know. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. And if you're here today and you're wrestling with addiction, listen, you're not weird. And by the way, you're, one of the things that people told me years ago is a true Christian wouldn't wrestle with addiction. And my answer is, if you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't wrestle with it at all. You'd just be like, this is who I am. This is how I'm gonna live. The fact that you have Christ in you like pressing in on you, that's a big deal. So if you're here today and you're wrestling with it, maybe your first step is to come tomorrow night. Maybe your first step is to just walk out of this room right now and go pray with somebody on our care team. We have members on our care team that would love to pray with you, pray for you. And if God is moving in your heart right now, I don't want you to miss this moment. And maybe your first step today is to actually ask Jesus into your life because Without Jesus, I'm telling you, you have no power. You have no power over any addiction that's in your life. But with Jesus, you have power to overcome anything. So if you're here today and you need to pray to receive Christ in your life, you need to become a Christian, give your life to Jesus. And from this stage this morning, right now, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And I'm gonna ask you to pray it with me. If you wanna ask Christ into your life, I'm gonna ask you to pray with me out loud. We pray it out loud here at Second Chance but not alone because everybody in this room and our Second Chance family is gonna pray it with you. So you'll know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by everybody in this room. So if you know you need to pray to receive Christ, you pray with me in Second Chance fam. Let's let them know they're not alone. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I declare you as Lord. Come into my life and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed all over this room. If you just pray to receive Christ, if you just prayed and asked Jesus to come in your life, I want you to do me a favor because I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. I want you to do me a favor and just raise your hand and raise it high. If you're an overflow right now, raise your hand and raise it high. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Because I'm looking all over the room. I'm making sure I'm seeing these hands. Keep them up. 
Keep them up. Thank you, Jesus. Keep them up over here on my left. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them up and overflow. Jesus, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you that you save people every week. I pray that they would know when they walk out of this room that they're walking out in victory. They would know that they have been made new. They are victorious because of who you are in them. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, before we leave, I'd like everybody to be seated. I want to do one more thing. And I did this in the last service and I felt prompted to do it again in this service. I won't take long. But I want you to do me a favor. Because in church world, we kind of keep this. I heard a guy say this years ago in reference to Alcoholics Anonymous because AA usually meets in church basements. He said there's more honesty going on in church basements than there are church sanctuaries. And I just want this to be a place where we can be open and admit. So if you are in this room and you are in the process of recovery, and listen, I don't care if it's been 14 days or 14 years. I don't care if it's been 30 years or three months. If you have wrestled with an addiction and you have taken a step or two forward and you've made some progress and no matter how long it's been, I want you to do me a favor right now and I just want you to stand to your feet and, and remain standing. Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and remain standing. Stand to your feet and remain standing. Keep standing. If you're in overflow, stand up. Let's remain standing. Y'all, let's just keep it. Yeah, stand up. Don't be ashamed of this. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Keep standing. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Hey, everyone, if you want to know, if you want somebody to pray with you or for you, talk to one of these people. Because if they're standing, this is what I know. If they're standing, they got a story. They got a story. And it's, it's messy, but it's beautiful. And everybody that's standing, praise God for you. Thank God for you. Praise God that you are. Because he's going to, and hey, hey, I want to speak this over you right now, and then we're going to go. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, let's have a great week and we'll see y'all back next weekend.